1: To NASCAR America, everybody, presented by Mobile One, Carol Mano, alongside two of my favorite drivers, Kyle Petty <laughs> and Parker Klickerman. We are heading to Texas. Parker is preparing to run in the cup race this weekend, so talk to us on a Tuesday. What's on your mind right now?
2: Well, this is kind of the day I start to look forward to Texas, so I've watched race tape. i watched the race from earlier in the year. I start to look at some onboards. I look at data from the past race, because we have that available to us now, so specifically, I was looking at Kevin Harvick, because he's very fast there and very good. has a unique style, and then tomorrow, I hop the simulator. I've already met my crew chief, so it's all these things, all the things we do to prepare for race that start normally on Tuesday because Monday's kind of your day to look back at Martinsville.
3: Is that how you prepared? Listen, I've moved the refrigerator from (laughs) the kitchen to beside the lazy boy recliner. Bam. Ready to watch Parker. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Love it. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's exactly. A
1: very similar set of preparation for the weekend <laughs> happening on this desk. We are also going to have Kelly Stavis with us over the next hour. Kelly was all over the Charlotte area today visiting three different race shops to file reports and interview a pair of playoff crew chiefs as well. So a lot to get you. First stop, Stewart Haas Racing. Their four drivers make up half of the remaining playoff field, but after mixed fortunes at Martinsville, their outlook for the round of eight has changed dramatically. Kelly reports from the SHR shop in Kannapolis.
4: Carolyn heading into Sunday's race at Martinsville, the possibility remained that all four Stuart Haas racing cars could make it to the championship four. But since the checkered flag, now just one of those drivers remains above the cut line. That's Kevin Harvick, who has yet to win in the postseason, but has relied heavily on the huge points haul they accumulated throughout the regular season. Kurt Busch, who counts Martinsville among his worst tracks, actually had the best day for the organization, running inside the top five for most of it, yet he now sits 25 points below the cut line. Teammates Clint Boyer and Eric Almarola are in even worse shape points-wise, and now the reality for all three of those drivers is that they'll likely need to win one of the next two races to keep their championship hopes alive. But to do that, they've got to beat one of the best in the business in their own teammate, Kevin Harvick. Harvick won the race at Texas a year ago and is a nine-time winner at Phoenix. So how are they going to get it done? Well, I had a chance to catch up with crew chief on the 14 car mike bugaravich who gave me his plans for texas and phoenix and carolyn will have that interview coming up later in the show
1: All right, Kelly, thank you. We're looking forward to that. Let's stick with Stuart Haas Racing here for a second. How is this week different for this organization? Driver meetings on now that their playoff picture has dramatically changed in just one race.
3: Dramatically changed. I mean, we were talking going into Martinsville. Here were four teams that you felt like could go to Martinsville. Clint Boyer won the spring race up there. They could go up there and come out of there and be the team the organization who could quite possibly, theoretically, send four teams uh, to Miami. Now they're looking at three of them being eliminated after the first race. There's <laughs> yeah. only one left standing. To go into that team meeting on Tuesday or, or Monday, whichever day they have it, to go into that team meeting on before Martinsville and say, we all got a shot, to go in this week and say, one of us is out. Which one is out? Yeah. And to look around the room, that's a that's a strange feeling, I'm sure.
2: So it's like the Stuart Haas racing Hunger Games, right? Yes. Because essentially <laughs> yes. one of them would be eliminated, right, from this yes. deal. I mean, or at least we think so. And and I think the the interesting part about all this, all that look at that cool graphic by the way, that Great got graphic. got there. Great, Great job to our production team. <laughs> uh, you know, the interesting thing to me is I kept asking all the crew chiefs this past weekend, I said, all right, when does it get awkward? When does the you know the team sharing and everything yeah. sort of being all sort of cohesive? start to sort of separate and you start to look out for yourselves. And at so they all told me, no, it's normal. It's all fine and normal, and I think it stays normal because when you look at the situation, Kevin Harvick being the de facto team leader that he's been is continu- going to continue to probably yeah. be that team leader and has the best chance of advancing. And when you look at the other three, they're all so close and they're all so similar position of being that they most likely have to win. Yeah. Therefore, I think they can share, and they can all sort of help each other out in the sense they always have, because at the end of the day, made the best man win, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah, and I, I do believe they share
3: information. I, I do, and look, the guy that has continually been the fastest car on mile-and-a-half, mile, mile racetracks, the tracks that we're coming up to. Kevin Harvick, that guy's in your organization. That's a huge yep. plus. Everybody else is wondering what Kevin Harvick's doing. You're sitting there, as Clint Boyer, and it's Kurt Busch, and, and Eric Amarola saying, I know what Kevin Harvick's doing. I see <laughs> everything he does. I know the car. So when you, when, when I look at that and I say, we're going to share all this stuff, but when we get on the out on the racetrack, it's going to be every man for himself because I've got to go through, if I'm Eric Almarola, I've got to go through Clint Boyer, and Kurt Busch to make sure I'm the one in the playoffs. Well,
1: let's let's get into that a little bit more with Kevin Harvick as the de facto team leader, something that he's earned through the regular season. And then you have Eric Omarola you could argue, at the other side of that spectrum when it comes to Stuart Haas racing. Kevin Harvick has been there. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Do not misinterpret that. However, he has gone 10 straight races now without a win. I'm not saying that they weren't in position to win, but and I know <laughs> you're going to disagree with me, but... At some point, every single driver in that organization feels like they are worthy of a championship and have proved it at one point or another, whether Mm -hmm. it's the regular season or the playoffs. So is it still fair for Kevin Harvick to be able to dictate – I need this. Let me take it from Eric Amarola or however that all
2: works. I, I don't think it's really happened yet because, you know, we talked we talked about the pick crews and such and how they're in a unique position having all four teams in the playoffs that they can't just take from one team yeah. and give to the other because they're all still with a chance. And I, I think when you look at, you know, you, you might want to say, okay, well, Eric Amarola being 50 points out would be an easy picking yeah. place for them to, if they needed something for the four car. They can't because even when you talk to Eric after Marshall, he said, you know, look, we're down, but we're not out. Yeah. There's still a chance. We could win one of these two races and we're going to my, Miami. Yeah. So they have to treat these next two races as if, they, if Martinsville never happened, right? For the yes, whole organization. Exactly. And I think when you look at where where Kevin is, he's going to worry about the four car. Ronnie Childers told me, you know, they're not going to feel comfortable until they go into Phoenix with maybe a, 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 a above a 40-point lead, yeah. essentially. So I think you 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 have to do everything you've been doing and what has gotten them to this point. And Stuart Haas, at the end of the day, you have to remember, is probably right now the fastest organization in the sport. Yeah. That, that, when we entered the playoffs, we saw some serious speed out of this organization. Yeah. And I think it caught some of the other organizations off guard. And therefore, they could, if that's what they've done into the playoffs, they got to continue what they've done all year. Yeah.
3: And, and look, it's not time to start picking over the bones of, of these three guys, uh, the, these other three teams. If you're in that eight, you've got a shot at winning Texas. You've got a shot at moving on. No, we're not saying that none of these guys – these guys have a shot at winning and moving on the homestead. We're just saying Kevin has the best shot out of that organization of moving on. Kevin is the leader. You talk about not winning over the last 10 races. I go back to Dover, they beat themselves. I go back to Kansas, they beat themselves. They didn't get beat on the racetrack. They beat themselves. They were the fastest race car. They had mistakes on pit road, uh, mistakes, speeding penalty by Kevin uh, at Kansas. So when you look at things, they've got to clean that up. Well, what's the difference between
1: not being as fast and not having a pit crew that is executing when it's most important? Either way, you're going home without a win.
3: Yeah, and I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But I will say this. I'd rather go out and all but lap this guy right here and beat myself you on the road half of that. No, no. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. And, 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 you know, you, it, it's, it's a crazy thing with, with, with racing. And, and you would rather go to a racetrack yeah. and lead 200 laps and blow up on the last lap, Then Happy you would to go there and run fourth or fifth. Because fourth or fifth, you got
2: beat by three people. No,
1: I hear you. Yeah. I just, Eric O'Marola. Eric O'Marola is the mentality. last one out of that shop, correct me if I'm wrong, to get a win. Yeah.
2: yeah, You yeah. know? So and, well, like- winning, you we like to say in racing, winning fixes everything. Well, how do you win? You have speed. And yeah. speed fixes everything. It makes everyone's job easier. And yeah. that's what Stuart Haas Racing has right now, over the field. Is they yeah. have speed. They speed. have raw speed. The four car has been the fastest car throughout the entire season. And I think when you look at what Kevin kind of said after Martinsville, he that was not a good race for them. They were lapped down at one point purely yeah. on just running around. There was no issue. He was maybe a top 10 car through the whole race, got better when the nighttime came, and got got a lot better and got himself in the top 10, but was a fringe top 10 for a while. If they had races like that more than just at Martinsville, I'd be worried. But when you look at the tracks that they are going to and the tracks, what their performance has been at places like Kansas and the speed they've had on the field, then going to Texas and going to Phoenix, I'm not worried at all for them. And I know that's why he was so confident after Martinsville is because he knows in his back pocket is, hey, yeah. I've got the fastest yeah. car here. Yeah. That's simple. seems I like did. so
1: much of this playoff game is where you're heading next. What kind of track is it?
2: We're, we're, what's the next
1: race? Yeah.
3: And, and the whole goal, as we all know, is to get to Miami, to get to Homestead, to that final race. That's all they're focused on.
1: Mm. All right, here's what we've got coming up over the next hour for you. Very packed show. Action was everywhere on Sunday from Pit Road to the checkered flag. So we're going to turn up the radios and listen in as we scan all Martinsville. Plus, Kyle Bush is in good position as he looks for a second championship. What is the strategy for Texas? We're going to hear from his crew chief, Adam Stevens. Meanwhile, Clint Boyer and the 14 team took a big hit to their title hopes last Sunday. Crew chief Mike Bugaravich will explain what went wrong for them and what they have to do more specifically at Texas and Phoenix to be a contender for the championship. Last Sunday was not good for Chase Elliott either, but he and the 9 team are still optimistic and they have reason to be. We're going to check in with them at the Hendrick Motorsports shop as well.
0: NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles.
4: A lot of talk
3: going on these days about who is the greatest ever, about who has the titles, the raw talent, the most clutch moments. I get it. It's a tough call. I mean, even the jersey numbers are the same. But maybe the best way to settle this debate is to play it out head to head.
1: Sunday night between two of the NFL's greatest quarterbacks. Maybe one of my favorite, just got favorite <laughs> promos <laughs> that we've wow. ever done. With the uh, Michael Jordan redirect. By the way, LeBron James saw that. He goes, I'm ready. Oh, my bad. Maybe, uh, never mind. No, back to my radio schedule <laughs> Jordan was ready to take him on head-to-head. Uh, I love that.
2: I won't lie. I actually thought that's where it was going. Yeah, yeah. well, that's the point. I <laughs> forgot <You laughs> it was yeah. an and yeah. I was like, wait that's, a second.
1: That's the point. It's a classic redirect. Um, but that got us thinking about NASCAR's greatest of all time, of course. Jordan, yep. LeBron, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. In NASCAR, how do you view this?
2: Who's the greatest of all time? Yeah. Uh, all right, so... I, personally, I mean, I, sitting next to one of the greatest all-time sun is an odd thing to say this, but I think Jimmy Johnson, because he, what he has accomplished, in terms of as a driver, has been at the most competitive era this sport has ever seen. And when you look, the years he's won and all the different formats that he's been forced to win a championship, and then the competition level, when I go back to you know the mid-2000s here, we had more than 43 cars showing up every week, yeah. had full-time sponsors and full-time teams. This sport was out-of-control competitive. And I just think, when you look at how he has been the dominant force through all these competitive years, to me, he is the greatest driver of all time. Now, I'm going to preface that by saying, Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt were probably more important to the yeah. sport and the, and probably some of the most important drivers of all time.
3: Yeah. And, and look, I'm going to say Richard Petty. Sorry. Yeah, well, you, are? Assuming, yeah, you you know I've got to go with Richard Petty. I, mean, <laughs> I grew up in that house. I know what those trophies look like. <laughs> I, I was you there. About how I worked you on them. But uh, I don't, think I don't think you can define the right. greatest of all time. I think that each one of these guys, whether we talk about Richard Petty, whether we go back to the 50s and talk Lee Petty and Buck Baker, two of the first guys to win three championships uh, in, in this sport. When we go to Richard Petty, we go to Dale Earnhardt, we go to, to, to Jeff Gordon and to Jimmy Johnson, it's, they're all different times. They're, I do believe the most underrated record in this sport is Jimmy Johnson's five in a row. I I don't think we talk about that enough. I don't think we talk about Jimmy Johnson and the greatness of Jimmy Johnson enough with those five in a row. That is phenomenal. That's a crazy thing that people will shoot at forever and will never be duplicated. I don't think 200 cup wins will be duplicated, and I don't think that five championships in a row will be duplicated. But I, I don't think that you can. I mean, when you really set and you look at the people that they raced against... And you look at this and you look at that and, and you start weighing stuff. It's like, how do I weigh this? Would so you feel I, more I comfortable
1: think... picking Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers this weekend or vice versa? Would <clears throat> that push you? I'm a Giants fan, so the pay, any Patriots
2: quarterback is not quite going to rank as high as he probably right. should in that's my right. eyes. Your but...
1: quarterbacks have their own issues. But yeah, whatever. It's for another show. Just once again, um, Sunday night, two of the absolute <sighs> best quarterbacks of all time facing off Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Tom Brady and the Patriots football night in America is at seven Eastern with kickoff at eight 20. That is Sunday night football. Man, and it's going to be a good one, and it's only on NBC. So back to our comfort zone here. With nearly 200 wins across NASCAR's top three series, Kyle Busch can stake his claim as one of the greatest ever himself, and at 33 years old, he is certainly far from done. Right now, Kyle Busch is focused on capturing his second Cup Series title. He's 46 points above the cut line, but he and crew chief Adam Stevens know that a win is their only guarantee to advance to Miami, and Stevens talked with Kelly Stavis earlier at the Joe Gibbs Racing Shop in Huntersville.
4: Kyle Busch led 100 laps Sunday and came away with a top five finish. But, Adam, I know this team expected even more. What changed between winning the pole Saturday and race time Sunday?
5: I think the biggest thing that caught us off guard was just how much rubber went down. You know, the last couple Martinsville races, we haven't really seen that. So we felt like our race package was kind of tuned up for a cleaner racetrack. And uh, once that rubber started to go down, it really threw us for a loop.
4: All right, you guys now in the second best position to get to Miami, of course, with Joey Logano already secured. And how do you see your position with 46 points above the cut line?
5: Well, the cut line's flexible. Depends on how many uh, chase winners and non-chase winners we have. So we know for a fact there's going to be one car get in on points. uh, But it might only be one. And it could be three. So um, if somebody could tell me what that number is going to be, I'd feel a lot better about it. But uh, the main thing is we try to keep that point lead over the 78 and the four.
4: Okay, 78 and four, you mentioned the other two as part of this big three. You're the only big three team to win in the playoffs. Uh, How do you see your performance and execution level compared to those other guys?
5: Well, I don't think that that stat's going to hold true by the time that we get to Homestead. I think you'll see one of us, if not multiple of us, win a race. It's about scoring points and finishing in the early rounds. It's not necessarily about going full tilt trying to win a race. So, um, you know, there's still a little bit of that right now, but you're trying to balance that with uh, how many cars are going to get in on points, like I mentioned.
4: How important is it for this team, though, to get one more win? I mean, just what would it do for you momentum-wise and otherwise before Homestead?
5: Well, the biggest thing is being able to shift your focus to Homestead. You know, uh, we had that luxury last year, and I felt like we were the most prepared, and, and the 22's in that spot now. Um, we absolutely cannot do that. You know, we have to work on it and think about it, but uh, it doesn't matter if you don't get there.
4: Okay. Kevin Harvick won the race a year ago. You guys won at Texas here in the spring. Who do you give the advantage to?
5: I believe he finished second in the spring, too. So um, I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's a little bit like Kansas. We were pretty fast out there um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I mean, we were certainly good in the spring. Um, we're just going to have to go see who's got what.
4: All right, finally, you guys have seven wins together, you and Kyle. That's the most that you guys have had as a driver a crew chief pairing. So uh, win or lose the championship, how successful has this year been for you?
5: We don't go into the season thinking that there's some win number that's going to make us happy. You know, the only thing that we try to do is win the championship. And when you do that, the wins come along with it. Um, You know, there's a lot of variables that go into each weekend. um, And I'm not going to justify the year being a success unless we win the championship.
1: What stood out to you the most?
3: I I think, like he said, they had won at this point. With, they win, and they could focus on Miami. They don't have that luxury to be able to go ahead and look ahead to Miami. Uh, the balance between winning races and points racing. I mean, he brings up points racing yeah. through these first couple of rounds. Uh, he's in that situation right now where, honestly, if if none of those guys in below the cut line win on Sunday— in the first stage or second stage, they can point their way to Miami, yeah, exactly. um, and and that's it. You know, they're there already before we even run Phoenix. So they're in a unique position. They're probably the only team that's really in that position to kind of look at this race and try to balance. Uh, the the risk first reward.
1: Did you observe some of that as, at Martinsville even well, as he, well?
2: I, I think I did because, you know, when I when I think about Kyle Busch and I think about the driver of the 18, I think, you know, no holds barred, going for the win yeah, all the time. All and the if time. you bump him, you're going to get a bump back. And I saw Martinsville, he gets bumped a couple times and he maybe was going to go back at the guy and he just slots in right behind yeah. him and thinks, no, I'm running pretty well. And I realized at that moment, Kyle Busch is in championship mode. And you heard it there from Adam Stevens talking about points racing on the 18 team. I mean, Especially when Adam Stevens would talk about it, you think, "Okay, that's fine." But then when the the driver buys into it, and that's being Kyle Busch, then I know this team's in championship mode, and they're thinking the same way you just said, Kyle. Now with this points uh, total they have. They can go into the first two stages at Texas, and potentially if they run up front and win those stages, they're basically into home into Miami. Is so it, I think they've they done everything they need to do yeah. without winning. And I know going into Martinsville, they mentioned many times, winning Martinsville was really important to them yeah. because they felt like that bought them the ability and the mind share to focus on Miami. But if you couldn't win, then yeah. put yourselves in the second-best position. That's where they are now. Well,
1: is there anything that is troubling to you about them not winning at Martinsville and kind of using this strategy to survive on the points that they have earned? showing up at Homestead in position to win but not having proven that they are going to run through this round and no. dominate with wins? L- listen,
3: n- nothing troubles me about Kyle Busch and Adam Stevens as a team. <laughs> nothing at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I would. I think their fans, I think everyone would like to see the big three show that they can be dominant, show that they can run up front. Uh, but I think what this team has learned, and I think we're seeing maturity in Kyle Busch as a driver and in Adam, Adam Stevens as a leader, they are looking at the big picture. They're looking at the championship. He said it right there. Seven wins, 10 wins, 15, and I'm paraphrasing here. It doesn't make doesn't any matter. difference. The championship defines what our season is. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. looking ahead to Homestead, Miami.
2: I think this race is incredibly important because I believe, and I think the thought process in the garage is that Stuart Haas Racing brought a little extra to the playoffs compared to maybe Joe Gibbs Racing. But going into Texas, this is now a mile and a half again. Can they bring just a little yeah. bit more to compete against Stuart Haas? And if they can, I think that gives them a lot of confidence going yeah. on. Yeah, that caught my ear when
1: Adam Stevens said, we'll see what everybody's bringing to the track I'm this weekend. I was like, it's, hey, it's everyone's time. eyes are yeah, on Yeah, it. Everyone's wondering what they're going to bring. Okay, a spot in the championship on the line on Sunday. You could see it. You could certainly hear the intensity. We're going to relive that action and a classic finish and Skin on Martinsville when NASCAR America continues. You don't want to miss this. We'll be right back.
6: Something you couldn't have expected, but was always a possibility.
5: Some days you're the bad, some days you're the ball. That's a sick move <laughs> right there. The bumper to the back of the
0: 24! All right, just wrecked it.
6: No, everybody was doing the exact same thing because it's a complete tower too. Definitely 100% unnecessary and uncalled for.
1: Martinsville is a magnet for drama. Short track racing has a way of doing that. The track delivered one of the most compelling finishes of these playoffs on Sunday. Joey Logano once again finding himself in the middle of a controversy at Martinsville. A cool fall day in
6: Martinsville, Virginia, and things are about to heat up. Appreciate all the hard work, everybody. That's what it's all about. Have a good one there today, guys. Trying to keep the clean here. Work way up here.
5: We got
6: all, day long, and all that, man. Have a good one. Pace car is off, racing at the paperclip. Martinsville Speedway, short track racing underway.
5: I'm like loose, in. Just loose. I'm just
6: loose. Outside, outside, spinning, spinning. hang on to it. we spun, fellas. So We've wheel pop going into in turn. I don't know where that came from. It's gonna be a disaster on pit road, but we'll do it we can here. Go, 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 right, 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 Pay attention, that he sh- hammered William Byron. He just cut down in front of us. Might as well fit it. Spin it around. We'll just go around. Spin it around. We're coming in. How bad is this? Looks like it's further forward on the nose. It doesn't look like it's anywhere near
5: the tire or it's straight in the rub. I think we're fine. Pushes we something out of the way. Chase Elliott moves the 31 <laughs> at the racetrack. <laughs> You'll see what the 31 does here. Walk over to his spot, just have me on the
6: shoulder, make it nervous.
5: Outside of you, Where the hell is he going? All of us, put on I don't think you would be right Timmy Hill's car has gone up in flames. Oh, we got a fire out here. Stop, stop, you're on fire. You're on fire. Get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. Look got one burning in the ground on road. Blowing up here, guys, blowing up.
6: Stay up here, Kyle, stay up. That's transmission or something. Sorry we had such a day.
5: We'll get him next week. Man, not a lot of all. Why is this caution taking so long? What are you doing? What are thing? That's going to take 20 more laps at this
6: rate. Right. Record drivers are getting paid by the hour. And yeah, there's one too, by the way. That's a good update. What did they win by? I uh, was like 36 to 21, I believe. Fancy points does McCaffrey have. 17. We get ready for the restart. There'll be 86 laps to go in this race. Side, three wide, you're at the top. Three wide, you top. And around goes the 14. 48, got it. So
0: terrible this I could not get out of there any faster. Oh what the Linke was doing. Uh he did not get down in front of Brad Kozlowski. He may be going a lap down here.
5: Go a lap down. Go a lap
0: down. He didn't get it started. Past. Are
4: you sure? What,
5: what do you
6: want me to do? Just pit, 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 pit. We'll get some tires on here and make
5: some adjustments. 37 to go. It is showtime here. Legato trying to get away. He can't waste no time, for that too. So he's blocking for him to win to go to Miami. Truex is taking the second spot. See if it goes line here, bro. Half back right with you. He'll probably look here. Looking inside.
6: He's there. Bumper. Here comes the 78. Martin Trex Jr. He raced him clean again. Coming back to the white leaders are Dyson, not over yet. Logano's holding him up on the outside. He'll see the white flag one more time around.
5: Don't let we're going to you. Come into your bumper, bumper. Logano gets into the back! He shuts him up the right track! Now, get the guys, get the guys, come on. Turn the on it, son of They're banging, they're
3: banging, keep coming. They're spinning, keep taking. Right down man. Right now, right, 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 right. Oh, right, right And it's going to be Logano getting the win! Miami, baby! Yes! Good job, man. Good job. Awesome
5: job. Yes, Miami, let's go! Watch Mark coming back here. Watch Mark coming. True, x not. I think Trix expected him to maybe race him a little clearer because of how Trix had raced him. That's a deep shot, man. That's all the format is anymore. I never knocked him out of the way. We were going to race hard for it in my book. And, um, you know, I cleared him fair and square. Um, Strove in the back of me, knocked me out of the way. So what what goes around comes around. You know, you just got to expect Martin Zill at the end of the race um, that you're
3: going to have some bumping and grinding in there at the end. So some might not like it, one heck of a race,
1: at least. You may recall that just about everybody weighed in on the finish <laughs> of this race. <laughs> yes. Social media, everybody from the track. Most had a very clear opinion of what they thought was fair and what was over the line the funny thing is we went back and looked at what the playoff drivers had to say before sunday's race yes. about oh, what is fair and what is over the line it is funny have how an idea opinions how like. may change um, take a listen to this
3: here it goes are you willing to do whatever it takes to get to homestead
0: miami and compete for a championship
6: Depending on what situation you're in, uh, obviously you've kind of got to do whatever you got to do to get yourself in to that final race to be eligible for
2: Homestead. They make contact! The 18 into the wall! Here comes the 18! He puts the oh all
5: on the goodness. back of him!
0: You're running second, and you have the opportunity to advance to the championship round. There's really no protocol. You go for it. And that other person's going to know the same thing. Well, you have to, uh, you know, throw it in there to get a spot or two. You'll you uh, you'll do whatever you need to do to get to home fit.
6: You're willing to do a lot more than
0: you typically do.
6: For me personally, yeah, we're willing to do a lot uh, to try to get in. Will he get the bumper? Yes,
2: he does! Here comes Legato! Well,
6: I think you, you have to try to win first, and then you worry about the consequences later. Oh! oh he puts him out
2: of the green. there! Oh, man! I don't know
3: about hard racing. He moves it! Oh, he moved him good there.
6: I think you got to do what you got to do. To an extent and uh, you know, use your brain about it a little bit too. I don't think you wanna go down to the books as a guy that just flat out wrecked a guy uh, to, to win, but you know, if you're racing him for it and something happens, that's one thing. When you know it comes down to it and it's towards the end of the race and you need that spot, you want that spot, you're gonna do whatever it takes. And if that's ruffling some feathers, then just be it. Are you gonna wipe somebody out to put yourself in it? No. Nobody wants to
3: win a championship like that. If you got to get in there and ruffle some things up and and you
0: know get your elbows up, yeah, move them, maybe.
1: Kevin Harvick, the most dominant driver of the season. You worry about the win, yes. and then the consequences come later. Win first. Although I do remember Kyle Bush calling the moves that Joey Logano made on Truex something around a chicken. Chick- mm, yeah, yep, chicken yeah. expletive. However, we just pulled him before that race, and he said you basically have to do whatever it is yeah. that you have to do. That's the consensus from everybody. Martin Truex Jr. Mm. was in that sound. I I think,
2: look, my mom even asked me, would I have done the same (laughs) thing today? And I said, yeah, of course I would have in Joe Logano's position because a win is so valuable. We've created this system that says a win gets you a chance to race for a championship in a couple weeks. So, yes, you take that win. And, you know, when I first initially saw this, I thought that Joey had maybe really pushed him up out of the track and that sort of thing. But when you look at it, it is a classic bump and run. And there's some people out there that say, you know, Martin, Maybe made a mistake here because you ran side by side for a couple laps. And in that piece, I can't remember who said it, but they said, you know, maybe you do things that don't allow you to be in the position yeah. to get moved. He allowed himself to be in position to get moved when he moved up in front of Joey coming out of turn two, yeah. down into turn three and four. So if he stays beside him and just does the defensive move and then eventually goes off on the three and four and bumps Joey out of the way, yeah. he gets that win. So you can look at this in both ways and say, you know, yes, Joey was aggressive in moving him, but did Martin not play good defense there.
3: Yeah, and, and look, if, if I just take Joey's comment and Martin's comment and put them side by side, they both talk to talk, but Joey's the only one that walked the walk and, and because, yep. because Martin didn't do what he said right there. Uh, and, and I look at Kevin Harvick's win first and worry about the fallout later. I love that. That's like do it and ask for permission later. That was the later. most definitive. <laughs> that, that is the most definitive. But I, the one thing I took, too, is Kyle Busch's comment where he said, it depends on the circumstances. You have to do whatever you have to do to get to Homestead. Now, if we take that in the context of what Kyle Busch has done the last couple of weeks, points race, Yeah. looking at this week from a points perspective, just to get there, they've changed maybe it's taking some of the aggression away. So we can read a lot into this. It's like Nostradamus. But, we're, we're reading a lot of this in But just this.
1: to be clear, Kevin um, Kyle Bush was very critical of Joey Logano's move after the race. That's and thus, no, no. I think it goes back
2: to our discussion from no, earlier day. No, Kyle, no yes. it's, it's who it was. It's, it's who it was. it was. It's It's who it was. was. That's everybody's power. It's, that's, everybody, <laughs> that's everybody. That's those other guys. That's fans. It's everything. I mean, let's be honest. We're not in the
1: business of being dishonest. I don't know. But that's Kyle Bush. But it matters who it is. Yes, yes.
3: That's Kyle Bush voicing an an opinion and something that he, like, he, he didn't have. It's okay to have an opinion. What if it but Kevin it makes Harvick? No He's saying
1: that no, about Kevin Harvick no. after Kevin Harvick
3: moves him out of the way and he doesn't <laughs> use the chicken blank comment <laughs> on Kevin Harvick but he'll use it on Joey Logano because they feel like they can push Joey Logano around. Joey Logano has a shot at the championship. He's the only one rolling into Texas when they unload those cars
2: that's going to say, I'm in Miami boys, where are you guys at? You know, I mean? Junior, That's where it's at. Dale Jr. liked to say that Martin Trick's has been too nice a lot of times. Yes. He was probably too nice this weekend. Yes. Alright, well we'll see what happens yes. from here.
1: Coming up, we are gonna rejoin Kelly Stavis on her shop tour today. She's gonna talk with Clint Boyer's crew chief Mike Bugaravich. Can the fourteen team rally after that tough start to the round of eight that you just saw we're gonna hear from them next. showdown is on tap for the weekend the monster energy nascar cup series playoffs hitting texas motor speedway sunday at three eastern right here on nbcsn is exactly where you need to be this weekend clint boyer faces a virtual must win at texas Boyers scored points in both stages at martinsville but a late spin dropped him to 21st at the finish put him 42 points below the cut line so where does the 14 team go from here kelly Stavis met with crew chief mike bugger to find out
4: I think there are some big expectations for the 14 team at Martinsville, given their win in the spring and Mike, given that you guys qualified on the front row, but it seemed like you just never quite got the handling right on the 14. What was it like for you guys on Sunday?
6: Yeah, it was way more of a struggle than we were anticipating. So, uh, like you said, qualifying, well, really competitive in practice, you know, really close and set up car you know that car pretty much sat in the corner waiting to go back to that same event never raced anywhere else all year so we were a little bit shocked you know it almost seemed like we were on a completely different tire or something was just way different and yeah we we just seemed to be too loose in all day and couldn't quite get the handle on it. You know, at the end there, getting spun didn't help us, but uh, I think we still could have been top five if not for that, but, you know, our anticipation was to go out and win that race, figured it was a really good shot for us to get our ticket to Homestead.
4: All right, and other than the 22 being a Ford teammate, it was kind of worst-case scenario for you guys to have someone outside of that big three get the win there. 42 points now below the cut line for you guys, so how do you see these next two races moving forward?
6: Yeah, you know, in some senses I really felt like in the position we were in no matter what you're gonna to have to win one of these races to to move on um you know those top few guys they had so many points to start with that unless one of them had some kind of problem you know it was going to come down to a win so i don't think our position approaching the next two races really changes um We've got to just try and win one of them if we can
4: we've seen you grab a couple of wins based on strategy so how aggressive do you think you'll need to be with those calls texas and again at phoenix you know
6: i think you can maybe take like a fuel mileage win or something like that at texas if you have the confidence that you're going to make it and you know a lot of other, a lot of other guys aren't usually the only way that that situation plays itself means you weren't running good all day so you pitted at some point in time when they didn't um, but outside of that, I mean, we're going to go to Texas and just be smart and, and do our points racing and, and try and be successful in that. And then if we got to go throw a Hail Mary or something like that in Phoenix, well, then that's the plan. That's what we'll try and do to make it to Homestead. But, uh, you know, we don't want to lose sight that even if we don't make it to Homestead, you're still racing for fifth in points. And, and to us, that's very important as a team, you know, as our second year together to finish this well in points would be a success in itself.
4: Yeah. And to be in that championship eight now at this point, what has this uh, playoffs experience been like for you and for Clint?
6: Stressful, you know, very stressful. Um, as expected, you know, that that's what it's all about. We had the top 16 teams of this year competing against each other. Um it just seems like every round we've started out with some kind of unexpected problem that we didn't we didn't expect to have whether it was not finishing a ball joint break in something like that and we're always behind the 8 ball and uh even going into Martinsville you know we were sitting there thinking well at least we're going to finish in the top 10 and then we finished 21st so it's just like we've always been behind it's been stressful we've been trying to catch ourselves up and some of it had nothing to do with us and other things maybe you know you can look back on it saying we made some mistakes but uh, End of the day, we got two more left to try and make it Homestead.
4: Yeah, and as Clint Boyer put it, this team out of Mulligans in a must-win now as they look ahead to Texas and Phoenix if they're going to make it into the championship four.
1: So we know the strategy for the 14 team over the next couple of races, according to the crew chief and Kelly Savis there, it's a win. But look at the longest top five finish droughts by track for Clint Boyer and look at the two tracks, Parker, that are up at the top.
2: Except for, uh, when I look at Texas, we've only run three races on the <laughs> newly configured uh, Texas, okay. so he's just over three there.
1: And listen, you got to put equipment, you factor equipment into this, right? There's a lot of variables yes. into these, into this top five so droughts. So maybe it's even However, <laughs> <two>. <laughs> however, though, um, is it is it startling for you, Kyle, at all, that these tracks up at the top or, or not tracks where he has, has done well in a significant yeah. chunk of races?
3: Phoenix is startling to me because I, I think of Clint as a short track driver. I think of him as a flat track driver. We know how well he does at New Hampshire. Uh, that's been one of the, one, where he won his first race, I think, and he was won at Martinsville, so a flat track is good. Um, it's also a little startling to listen to his crew chief say, this, this is only our second year together, so we'll look at this year as a success because we made it this far. Where we heard Adam Stevens say, our only success is if we win the championship. Mm-hmm. So we've got two totally different outlooks from two totally different teams. I think Clint and where Stuart Haas Racing is right now is and can be a factor at Texas and at Phoenix. I think it's just a different different year. We, we always want to look back and say, well, this guy did this or this guy did that. This team has speed. Parker talks about speed all the time. This team has speed. So I, I'm not counting these guys out yet.
2: I'd say the one thing that worries me about the 14 team looking at Texas is how – they ran at Kansas, and that was an abysmal race for them. They just didn't quite have it there. I know that's one of Clint's worst tracks, even though it's his home track, but that was a worrisome sign for me, and if I'm on that 14 team to say, okay, what do we have for Texas, right? Because I I just don't feel like they had it there. The other thing I want to say is I hope for their sake they don't miss the championship four by about 10 points because I believe that when they got spun out there, they went a lap down, and they could have taken the wave around and instead chose to pit, put tires on, and lock themselves a lap down hoping to get the lucky yeah. dog after that, and I think that was an error by that team in the moment there when they got spun out to not have salvaged a lead lap, gotten themselves back in the lead lap, and possibly been able to race back towards the top 10. So I think that was about a 10-point loss for them, or a little bit more, yeah. and therefore, I think that hopefully, for their sake, they don't find themselves yeah. looking about 10 points out coming into Phoenix and thinking what could have been.
1: That might mean more lost sleep for Mike Magarabish oh, yeah. after what has already been a sleep-deprived <laughs> couple of months, I'm sure, with the way that these playoffs uh, affect teams on a week-to-week basis. Coming up, Chase Elliott and the 9 team have their work cut out for them the next two weeks. But while they may be down in the playoffs, they are far from out. Kelly reports from the Hendricks shot next when we come back on NASCAR America. This past weekend in Queens, New York, Sunoco turned one of its gas stations into Pit Pit Road. Excuse me, (laughs) fueler John Giannato from Chase Elliott's number nine team filled 148 cars to set a new Guinness World Records title for the most vehicles refueled in one hour by an individual, Sunoco's new app touted as the fastest way to fuel powering the event. I love that. What a fun, cool. cool, That's
2: cool. If you were in a hurry, what a great gas station to roll up to.
4: to
1: We need John Giannato around here in Connecticut (laughs) to get some people off the highway (laughs) in a rush hour. Elliot and the nine team entered Martinsville with a lot of momentum, but despite a top 10 finish, they still came out of Martinsville behind the cut line to Miami. So let's check in with Kelly Stavis, who made her way to Concord where the Hendrick Motorsports Shop is located.
4: Carolyn, what a difference a week can make in these NASCAR playoffs. After winning two of the three races in the round of 12, Chase Elliott had a three-point cushion going into Martinsville. And even after a seventh-place finish there, he now finds himself at a 31-point deficit as the series moves on to Texas. But plenty for this nine-team to be optimistic about. Chase has been very strong at Texas. It's the site of his first-ever Xfinity Series win, and he has top tens in four of his five cup appearances there. Crew Chief Alan Gustafson told me after their win at Kansas, another a mile and a half track, he feels even more optimistic about their chances of success at Texas. And then we had West to Phoenix, another great track for Chase. He's coming off two straight top three finishes there. So even though this team finds itself in a must-win situation to advance to the championship four, don't expect the team to panic. Gustafson told me that if you're too stressed out or anxious, It's just a sign that you're preparing for failure. So he likes to keep his team loose, relaxed, but focused as they look to take on these next two tracks.
1: And our thanks to Kelly Savas for going all over the area. Yeah, Yeah, doing a lot of hard work for us today on the show. So, Kelly, thank you for that. So no panic from Chase Elliott's team, according to Kelly, despite the fact that in the span of a week, one race, their playoff picture Is completely different well,
2: and I think when you look at this race team especially Hendrick Motorsports as a whole I I think when we looked at them in the summer, you would have said this team doesn't make it out of the first round. right? I I think a lot of people said, oh, Hendrick Motorsports doesn't have it. Then some things started to change. They started to find a little speed there here and there. Those Camaros got faster and then Chase Elliott came online and goes and wins at Kansas in the last round. I I mean, that came out of nowhere in my opinion and therefore I think for this team, it's easy not to pin it because there's some thought process in that they have not had cars as fast as some of the people they're competing against. So they're overachieving in so many respects throughout about all these races that they've run up front or won, like at Kansas. So when they look at Texas and Phoenix and knowing that they have good records there, I think there's optimism because they've said, hey, look, we didn't have the fastest car in Kansas, but we won there. Yeah. How could, why can't we do that again? I, I agree with them. When I look at sort of your X factor, maybe, you know, underdog in this in this championship yeah. eight right now, I think it's Chase Elliott. Yeah.
3: And, and look, he was my guy. He was, he was the, one of the guys that I picked to join. He was the guy. You I did picked do, to do join. that. I yeah, forgot yeah, about that. He was that. the guy I picked to join. Now I'm not so sure, though. i got to be honest. I, I mean, he goes in plus three, comes out 31 behind. That's a 28-point swing. He only scored, what, four stage points. So it's about, it was about stage points going into these first few races. Mm-hmm. And, and they left them on the table. Now they're in a position. It is stress-free. All you've got to do is go win. It's not about <laughs> points. It's not about anything else. It's about going to win. So if that's your focus, that's your focus for the other 26 28, 30, 32 races that got you to this point was all about winning races. So it's easy for Alan to step back and say, hey, guys, let's get in here. Everybody in the middle here. Put your hands in <laughs> here. We're going to go win a race because that's. That's how they're going to move to that Miami. That is Alan, though. Very, that's, that's how you a team, by the way. Just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you talk to him, he has Hands a good mantra. <laughs> he's very <laughs> yeah. calm. But he's that's how, relaxed. But that's, that's how they're going to move to Miami. That's the only way they can move doesn't to home. doesn't stress-free
1: to me, With no. just a couple chances left to make it to Miami. Just a quick reminder for you about tomorrow's show, Wednesday. So Dale Jr. is back, and Jr. is going to be joined by Dale Jarrett and Nate Ryan. They're going to talk about Texas. Where he got his first Xfinity Cup wins, we're gonna reveal this week's Pit Crew All-Stars. That's a very big deal, and since it's Halloween, I am sure that a few tricks and treats will be up Junior's sleeve as well. So, a lot coming up tomorrow.
0: NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles.
6: to put yourself into the championship four for a shot to win the championship. you got to be able to make sure that you're ready to rock and roll.
0: Literally what you've worked your whole life for to be a champion.
1: Kevin Harvick advanced to last year's championship four to win at Texas. So who will do so this time around? Coverage from the Lone Star State begins Friday here on NBCSN leading up to Xfinity Series racing on Saturday and the Monster Energy Cup Series race on Sunday. The Xfinity Series drivers were off this past week, but they return at Texas. So let's pull up the playoff leaderboard and get into this a little bit because they now are synced up with the Cup Series in the playoffs. Uh, you'll recall that the first race of the round of eight was two weeks ago at Kansas and Christopher Bell and Justin Allgaier took each other out on that first lap which had those disastrous consequences for them. What do you think about where things stand right now uh, Parker in the Xfinity Series as we head to Texas?
2: Well the two that really stick out are obviously Christopher Bell and Justin Allgaier right these are the two most dominant drivers of the season we get into the playoffs and things just don't seem to go very well for Justin Allgaier and then we start off this race where they end up wrecking or basically Justin made a mistake and wrecked them both at Kansas as you're seeing here which was just disastrous, and now they find themselves in a points hole, which I just can't... I, I never foresee foresaw this happening, yeah. but I think this has opened the door for the car you saw scoot away from that wreck, and that is the 21 of Daniel Hemrick in the fact that he is shown that they have the speed, they have the ability to be a championship contender, but they have not won yet, and going to Texas, he finished third here in the spring, he has to find a way to win and to convince himself, to convince that race team that they can win a race, because... You are not going to win a championship Miami. I'm just saying. You're laughing, I agree. No, I'm saying agree. you are not going to win I'm the agree. championship I'm Miami. Agree. I'm fired up about this because you will not win this championship Miami unless you prove to me and you prove yourself that you can win a race because Justin yeah. Algarve and Christopher Bell will most likely be there and those two yeah. know how to win.
3: Yeah, he's got to convince me that he can win. I picked him the last six races <laughs> to win and he's not won yet. And, kansas that was his
2: place. That was the, that, that was the t- win in hand. Yeah,
3: yeah, Christopher Bell, those guys. And sneaks in there. John Hunter sne- Nemechek sneaks in there, wins the race. Man. That's the the worst thing that could happen is that first lap wreck. The best thing that could happen, John Hunter and Nemechek winning the race, and Hemrick getting penalized 10, ten points, yeah. tighten yes. it back up it's again. It's tightening it tightened everything up. The only one that I look at there that say, that I think is really in trouble is Sendrick. Uh Austin Cindric's yeah. in trouble. I look at Cole Custer, who was down in seventh right there. This kid's got speed. This is Stuart Haas's. Haas Racing. This is their Xfinity team. Mm-hmm. Mile and a half race tracks. He's got speed. He won at Homestead last year. If he makes it through this and makes it to Homestead, he is a threat for this championship. So it's it's. And Tyler
2: Reddick, who's great at running the high line. Yeah. If he can keep the fenders on it through yes. the whole race, if same he thing. makes it to Miami, he could be a threat. So yeah. I think it's really opened up the this, door here yes. by Henrik not winning. By not winning. That's exactly right. That was exactly. one that got away.
1: We've got such a packed weekend on NBCSN. We're excited about it already. That's all for NASCAR America today. For all your news, you can always log on to NBCSports.com NASCAR. Back tomorrow, Wednesdays with Dale Jr., 5 o'clock Eastern, same time, same place. We'll see you then.